Hi friends, I'm Dr. Cindy Leibert. And I'm Brooke Jack. We are your hosts of the Joy Prescription Podcast. In this show, we interview pioneering individuals who are integrating faith into their work and their spheres of influence in their respective fields of healthcare, coaching, psychology, and ministry. We dialogue at the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. In each episode, our guests will share their hard-won wisdom and strategies for intentional living, spiritual growth, and health stewardship. Together, we explore God's joy prescription, how He redeems our life stories and brings us into wholeness, mind, body, and spirit. We are so glad you're here to be a part of this conversation. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, welcome everyone. Dr. Cindy Leibert here with my co-host Brooke Jack and our very special guest, Christy Hurd. Christy, welcome. So glad Thank you. To be here. Yeah, Christy, Christy and I go back a little ways. <laughs> I first met uh, Christy or Mrs. Hurd, as I know, knew her at the time when my daughter, who's now 18 and in college when she was in middle school, uh, she had Christy for her English teacher. So and, and we've um, grown to know each other better over this time. And uh we uh, have connected through the ministry Young Life, where you guided my daughter into that. And it's just been a big part of her life. And so I just have a lot of gratitude for your influence in her life and, and your mentorship of her. But let me just introduce you so everybody else knows your background. You, you were a middle school English teacher for many years. How, how many altogether? Um, part-time, I, um, part-time and full-time, it's almost 20 years. Okay. okay. Um, I went back to teaching full-time when I saw the ominous cost of college mm-hmm. and knew yeah. that I could not do any kind of work part-time and get them through college. So, mm-hmm. so I worked full-time for 12 years. Gotcha. And you retired from teaching in 2021 in order to support your aging parents. And you didn't stop there, though. You went on to get certified through the Parent Coaching Institute. And now you're a certified parent coach, which is just a beautiful way to tie together your teaching experience and your passion and desire to help support parents and and children. Let me just read a bit about your bio, and then we'll get into our conversation. So you are passionate about partnering with parents to restore their enjoyment in this most influential role. (laughs) She uses her PCI training, her classroom experience, along with her own parenting experiences to help parents of any age children lead with intention so that they will make better decisions and have fewer regrets. Good, good goals. You have three children yourself? I have three children. Right. They are 25, 28, and 30 now. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it goes quickly. It, okay. I, I can't. It goes quickly. I am definitely appreciating that now that I have one 
in college, it's just become so much more poignant to know how quickly it goes. So I'm mm. soaking up every, every. Yes, day. good for you. Mm-hmm. And so your passion is to help families flourish in this crazy, fast paced <laughs> digital world we find ourselves living in. And you offer one-on-one parent coaching and also group coaching and workshop teaching. You just mentioned before our our session here that you are working actually with the school system, doing some workshops there, which is super uh, fantastic. Um, We're just so delighted to have you here, Christy, and I'm excited to share some of your wisdom with our listeners. Um, Thank you. Parents or grandparents or have children in their lives in some fashion. So just tell us a little bit more about your ministry, this uh, parent coaching. What, what motivated you to do that? In the classroom, one of the things that I um, was aware of over and over again and yet felt helpless was how could I support parents more? Um, as you know, a classroom teacher um, is so busy all the time. And um, when I would go into conferences, I would have my um, plan on how I was going to help the child. There might be a specialist in the meeting saying how they were going to help the child. The child was saying what they were going to do differently. And I often felt like I was just kind of patting the parent on the shoulder saying, and good luck. Mm-hmm. And um, because I, that was all I could do. And um Then when I learned that parent coaching was actually a field, I learned that from one of my doctors and talked with his wife, who was a parent coach. I thought this is the perfect um, segue for me as I retire, because I am so passionate about helping parents have been, but was helpless to do so. So I um, went into a year-long, very intense training program. I felt like I was getting another master's degree Uh over 100 uh, hours of (laughs) clinical um, coaching and um, just was certified last spring. And so now I'm just getting the word out about what I do and I'm loving it. It's making me a better person. It's making um, my family better. I mean, I'm, I think I'm parenting my adult children much better than I was, <laughs> much better than I did when they were in middle school and high school. And that's, that's great. And that gives me hope to give hope to any parent that at any age, you can change some things and make the family relationship better. I love that. Thank you, Thank Chrissy. You. That's a really good message that mm-hmm. it's never over. <laughs> or That's right. Parents life never too home. late. It's never That's too right. Late. Never too late to change something. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the positions that we hold as parent coaches is that is the agency is really more with the parent than it is with the child. And um, so when we can help parents see that just a few little tweaks could make a huge difference, then they're very hopeful. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Well, I'm curious what you've learned about (laughs) through your experience being a middle school teacher, and then also with the parent coaching training, how much did you get into like the neuroscience of adolescent brain development and how to work with that teenage brain? (laughs) 
Right. I'm still learning about that, but we have, we had a, um, a course called brain compatible parenting and, um, so helpful to, um, for a parent to know what stage their child's brain is in so that they can monitor and, and be aware of it as they're communicating with their child, because they are not, we think they're the, a mini adult, but um, not at all. And I feel like I am guilty of that sometimes um, having that mindset that my kids are miniature adults and, you know, why don't you understand this? Or why is this not computing? And I have to guard myself against that and Mm. step back and realize they're still in development. This is, you know, I've had so many more years ahead of them for that to happen. And for my understanding to be at a certain level of situations. And so having that compassion and courage even to say, okay, do something different, think different. You know, I think, I think it requires a lot of courage. (laughs) Well, it's so wise. And so, so often I think parents get into the stress of whatever it is that's happening and don't take that step back like you do, Brooke, and um, think, you know, what's best for my child here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so easy to make parenting about us and not, Mm -hmm. not about what's best for them. Mm-hmm. Yes, my husband and I have a running little inside joke in a way <laughs> that we, whenever we're having a challenge with one of our either preteen or two teenagers, we look at each other and we say, your brain is still developing and we just. <laughs> oh, that's excellent that you do that. <laughs> you know, I have a, I, I try to tell parents, you know, they're like, if they had a sign on their head that said, please be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. Um, Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We know just in childhood, the first six years of life are so critical for brain development. It just like the whole structure just develops almost to adult size by a fairly early age, by like six. However, (laughs) there's a lot of reworking, remodeling that happens in the teenage Mm -hmm. and and early 20s where it starts in the back of the brain and all the connections get pruned and become more efficient and and focused on what what the child is actually engaged in and learning and doing. And so it's such a a unique, uh, beautiful window of time to for them to develop and, and, um, but also for us parents and teachers and people around them to give them grace and be gentle with them as their brains are developing. So, oh, well said. That's right. That's right. You know, both Brooke and I are working mothers and I know a lot of our listeners are as well. And I'd love to just hear what kind of advice you have, Christy, for, especially working moms and dads, uh, parents that um, have to, you know, juggle a lot of things and prioritize and what, what kind of tips do you have for us? My hat's off to you. Um, Anybody that works outside of the home, I think um, have a more complex life and Mm -hmm. um, to realize that you can still be a good parent, even when you work outside the home is brings a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. But I think um, it also brings a lot of pause because you have to stop and work through what are my values? 
What do I want to be communicating to my child um, as a working parent? Um, how can I be um, totally present with them when I am home and not bring work home? Um, there's just a lot more, um, I think, reflection that you have to do um, and intention to do a good job at being a working parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the values that that's I feel like I've got that one down. But bringing work home is so challenging because of the nature of my job and you know patients. Uh, their concerns don't stop during working hours. And and so they're in, there's often a lot of administrative things and I've tried so much to limit that and keep it in check, but it's, it's really a challenging thing. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's an ongoing (laughs) struggle. But, you know, research, research shows that if you um, give your child 15 minutes of undistracted, totally all about them. You're in their world every day. Um, that really is sufficient. Um, so that, so that means that, that means that, you know, you put your phone down, you, um, you, the laundry can wait, um, you know, anything that, that is distracting you, all of that can wait and you get into their world and you, validate whatever it is that they're saying you're listening you're loving um it that that is that's huge for a child um so i have seen and i have to say this i have seen um parents who who maybe don't work full time but are not involved with their children when they're home mm-hmm. and have them in front of a tv give them a phone um are doing laundry, you know, running, running to the grocery store, you know, all kinds of multitasking and the child does not feel connected to the parent. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say you have to look at what are, what's most important to you and how you're communicating that to your child. Um, I don't think it, I, I personally don't think that you're harming your child by being a working parent. I think it's more about who you are when you're with them. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, Christy, that Mm -hmm. that means a lot to me. You know, I grew up with my mom was a chemist. She ran an analytical lab at a pharmaceutical company and she she worked a lot. Uh, She worked in actually across the river in St. Louis. when we, We lived in southern Illinois. And I remember I never felt deprived. You know, I actually was proud of my mom and and looked up to her. And, and so that, that's something I've had to work through my own mommy guilt around my professional career. But I do think that that children, there's of course many wonderful benefits of having a, a stay at home mom or dad that, you know, can be there all the time, but there's also great benefits to working and, and the things that we're able to bring into their life in that way. And, and I've, I've seen that with, with my oldest daughter, Leah, you know, she's, she's given me feedback on that, that she does kind of feel the same way about me that I did about my mom. So that. Oh, that's wonderful. Again, it's, it's about the connection. It's it's about the connection that you're nurturing with your child. That that is just so, so important. That will, that will, um, 
you know, when you think about you reap what you sow, if you're sowing connection every single day with each of your children, it is going to reap all kinds of blessings. Mm-hmm. I love, thank you for giving us that little tidbit about yeah. the 15 minutes. I think that's so encouraging. And I, the same is true in kind of the the fitness world, it, it takes just like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of exercise a day to make a huge, vast changes in your health. And so I think a lot of times we get um, caught up in this, you know, we've got to do these big grandiose <laughs> gestures, either, you know, with parenting or with, with fitness um, to, to do well, but the truth is little, little bits of time really do add up. And so I'm glad oh, they do little <laughs> steps are big, produce big dividends. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, I mean, 15 minutes of undistracted, you're in their world. That's not just a piece of cake, yeah. you know, I mean, that that's a long time, really. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. So, um, um, I even I coached um, a very busy, uh, successful um, father uh, recently, and he had to divide his 15 minutes up into five minute segments mm-hmm. because it was, you know, really taxing on him. So um, but he was willing to do it and he saw behavior change in his children because he did. That's yeah. Uh, one of the the blessings of today being a, a two hour delay with the weather here yes. <laughs> that I got to drive my my teenager to high school and we had twenty minutes of undivided time. That's wonderful. What sharing? Oh, that's great. It was just really a lovely morning. So I'm I'm grateful. Yes, very good. You know, one of the things that I've experienced too, just as as a child with a working mom who is a school teacher, and um, like you said, school teachers are constantly busy and, you know, bringing work home. But um, my mom engaged us with some of her work when she mm. brought it home. She would let us help grade papers and oh, that's or wonderful. help um, decorate in the classroom when she had to change out things for different units, you know, bring us and involve us so that we could kind of appreciate a little bit more what she was doing. And we felt a part of it, not just, okay, y'all go over here. I've got to do this, but brought us into her world a little bit and let us experience that. And so I I've tried to model that as well um, with my kids. If I'm having to do something um, on my computer, like a little uh, a project and uh, graphics or something like that, you know, I find they're curious, what, what are you working on mom? What is, what are you doing and how are you doing it? And so <laughs> then I'm like, well, come over here and watch and I'll show you and look, I can drag this and I'm going to change the font and I'm going to do this and, you know, position this and just teach them a little bit about what I'm doing and, and why I'm doing it, who it's going to go out to. Um, And so, you know, they've, that helps them to even appreciate and see, oh, cool, mom, you're doing this. And oh, oh, you're going to be recording a podcast. Oh, people are going to be listening to your, you know, conversation. Oh, wow. You know, and just all the things that they don't feel so disconnected, but they can oh, actually appreciate it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> Tell us some more tips, Christy. Yeah. I know you've got more wisdom in there. <laughs> we want to mind that the uh, diamonds. Yes. Well, the, I mean, the, when, when I think of the tips that, um, 
like you, you all have said, you know, nurturing that secure attachment is so, so important from, from day one. And um, if I could go back in my middle school and high school years with my children, I think that I would have validated them more mm-hmm. instead of fixing them more. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personality is And so it's very natural for me to go right into business. And I found that um, some of the, the connection was, was um, damaged because I did not take time to validate my child. Mm. And so learn from me, <laughs> learn from me and learn that um, they really need to be validated. And so that mm. means tuning in to what they're saying, acknowledging what they're saying without judgment. And then just listening. Oh, I know that that's really hard. That must have really hurt. That must have really hurt. What are you going to do about that? Um, What, you know, do you remember any, any times that, that this happened before and, and you got through it? I mean, you just, you're really in their world and validating. And then you, the last thing that you do um, is you wait, you wait to instruct, you wait to give advice, you wait to fix. And um, that's where the pause comes in. So learn from me, because um, my daughter, who's 30 now and has two children, um, I love being a grandmother, but I'm seeing her give to them what I didn't give her enough of. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness, she's been able to see that that was something that she really needed. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, um, nurture that secure attachment um, just every day. Mm-hmm. Um, set limits for your children. They they yearn for limits. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the most insecure children are the ones that don't have limits. Mm-hmm. So um, you set boundaries that make them feel safe, and um, and you explain why you're doing that. And then if something happens where they um, make a mistake or, you know, they're bound to, then you let the consequences teach. So Mm -hmm. the consequences are the bad guy and you Mm -hmm. remain the good guy and you're helping them learn from the consequences that they um, experienced. That that to me is um, golden if you can do that. I really like that you bring up to explaining to them why you're doing something or why you're setting a certain boundary, because, you know, I remember even in the time that I was growing up there, there was this kind of mindset of you just do it because, because mom and dad are the authority and it's because we say so. And, and I think that it is important that kids learn to honor and respect their parents as the authority figures and the leaders in their lives and learn to honor that and not constantly be questioning that. But I also have found in my own life and in my kids' lives that they really benefit from understanding why, and they're curious to know why, and that that actually helps them to cooperate with the boundaries that you're setting. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's something that you've seen transition over the years in parenting. Um, but I think our kids do are curious about why and are capable of grabbing hold of that understanding earlier than sometimes we think. I think you're right. I think you're right. The best parenting approach is a firm and a kind approach. 
Mm. Um, they, it gives them a sense of safety and, um, and love when you can, when you can be that kind of parent. Mm-hmm. Can I share one more tip? Sure. Oh, yes. yes. Um, Keep them coming. <laughs> another tip is um, what what we called um, when I was in my training the the paradox of self care. We always think that it's our children's needs that we have to put first, and yes, they they are very very important. But if you don't have anything to give, then they are the ones that um, that have to pay for it. So it's important to think about. What do I need as a human being to make me feel um, confident and happy and connected to others? What can I do? How can I put um, um, time in place that I can start filling my cup so that I have something to pour out when I'm with my family? And and as you have said, um, Cynthia, that, you know, it's the little blocks of time So I coached a a parent. This actually was another father who um, the the wife wanted him home right away from work. And he was already feeling like a a terrible dad. And I said, well, what do you do to take care of yourself? And he said, I don't have time to do anything. Mm -hmm. She wants me right home. And I said, what do you enjoy doing? And he said, well, I really like working out. And I asked the wife, do you think that you could give him um, 30, 45 minutes to run by the Y before he gets home. And well, I can try. And she said, he's a different person when he comes wow. to that. And so just acknowledging and recognizing what you need to um, help you feel good about yourself makes you so much more present in the lives of your children. Um, so I would encourage you to, to, put yourself first and, and realize that you're, you're really doing it for them. Yeah. Wow. It's a game changer. It really is. (laughs) And I I think I figured that out maybe uh, (laughs) the hard way (laughs) (laughs) after I just burned myself out. Um, But, you know, it, it does help to remind myself Mm. that the reason I do set aside these blocks of time for exercise and downtime to take care of myself is so that I can fully show up and, and be a good mom and, and be there for my patients and my husband and all of those things. So it's not selfish to set aside time for yourself and take care of yourself even before others, because it's, it's just that whole you know, putting your oxygen mask on. It really is. Yeah. And you need it. You need it every day. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were someone's parent coach, talk, take us through the process that you go through with them. Do you do like an evaluation or how, what are, what's your system? Well, the, 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 that's, that's a very good question. Um, because I do one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and then as as you had said, I teach workshops. But I'm, I'm coaching a parent right now who um, attended one of my workshops and said, "Wow, I, I just want to go deeper than what you know than what you presented." So we st- we start with they just kind of table everything that's challenging to them. And, um, and then we look at what are the strengths that you see in your family? 
um, because the approach that I take is a strength-based um, approach with, um, there's a, an approach called appreciative inquiry, that the more that we can bring life to the system and find life in the system, there's more hope and vitality um, for parents who, who are parenting. So um, once they share their challenges and we talk about the strengths in their family, then we start talking about what they what they want to change, what's different, what, what would they like to be different? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that takes a lot of time to kind of enunciate and be, be clear about that. But once they can kind of be specific about what they want, then together, I'm, I'm just a thinking partner. I'm not a super nanny who comes in and tells them <laughs> what to do. I, together, together, we look at what, what they want and how they can get more of that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I might share research. I might share my own experience. I might um, let them tell me what happens, what really happens when they're home. And then together we, we create action steps that they feel like they can take. And, um, and then they start trying those action steps and then come back and we revamp and, um, and, and go at it again. So uh, it's kind of, you know, it's like a fitness coach, you know, you, um, you start with what they already know, um, what they're good at, and then you just help them get stronger. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I, I love that the, the strength based, you called it appreciative inquiry is right. Coach. Right. It's, it's, um, so like one of my first questions when I talk with them each week is um, what's going well, tell me what's going well in your, in your family right now. And it's amazing what that does it already just asking that question and thinking about it gives the parent hope that, mm-hmm. you know, things do go well in my family and I mm-hmm. can create good environments in my family. And um, mm-hmm. it usually um, fuels their willingness to try new things. And um, it's really wonderful. It's a, I, 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 I use the word magical. I, I just think that mm-hmm. as they do that process with me, change begins to happen and they're just astounded. Mm-hmm. It's fun for me too, to watch. That's beautiful. You're actually modeling for them how they can do appreciative inquiry with their children because yeah, that's true. beautiful. Right. I mean, the more that they can find the life in their system, mm-hmm. the, the more they can give. Yeah, I, I, I always like to tell them you're a life giver. So beautiful. I recently overheard um, a conversation. Someone was sharing about the, the root of the word inspire means to breathe life into. Oh, I love that. that. That's just a beautiful kind of metaphor for, yes, for it is. ministry and how I'm sure your Christian faith influences your, the parent coaching and mm-hmm. doing just what Jesus can do. Well, I, I just think it's the most important job you'll ever have. You cannot replace yourself. You know, you can replace yourself in every other area. Mm-hmm. Um, but your kids will remind you when they get older of, you know, do you remember when you did that and how much, you know, I didn't, that was hard for me when you made that poor choice or whatever. I mean, you will, you won't do it perfectly, but um 
but it's wonderful when you can enjoy the process more and then reap the benefits of a, of a family that loves one another and enjoys one another. Yeah, that is oh, beautiful. Share, share a little bit more about how your faith uh, infuses or informs how you are a parent coach. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, it's everything for me because um, I believe that, that God has gifted me with teaching and encouragement and and to see people as dynamic human beings who um, can grow and change and and be their best self. That was the kind of teacher I was. Um, I tried to hone in on on each child and somehow speak life into their into their world and um, help them learn. And I'm really doing the same thing, but I'm doing it with um, parents who really want to learn. And, um, and that that's really wonderful for me, when you can when you can uh, combine someone who wants to learn with someone who wants to encourage and teach, you've got a great combination. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. And thank you for breathing life into and inspiring my daughter, Leah. Oh, well, she's wonderful. But, you know, again, Leah, as a student and as a, um, a young believing Christian was one who just wanted to learn and would ask questions. And then I would be able to share, you know, my my experience. Um, and we it, it built a, just a beautiful, trusting relationship. And she's just blossoming. I'm, I'm loving watching the young woman that she's become. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Well, I thought we could wrap up since we're all three mothers and have had our own journey in parenting. I thought we could wrap up with just sharing maybe three of our own parenting tips or or pearls of wisdom that we've gained over the course of uh, our parenting journey. So Brooke, oh, let's get it started. We'll, we'll let you finish, sure. Christy. <laughs> Sure. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is just attitude. Um, Attitude Mm -hmm. is kind of everything. And um, one of the things that we adopt in our household, a phrase that we use often is attitude of gratitude. And when, um, you know, the grumbling or the complaining starts or the whining, you know, that's kind of our key phrase, attitude of gratitude, and um, just learning to keep perspective um, and things and celebrate, celebrate the little things, celebrate the little victories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's okay to embrace the uh, awe and wonder of the little things, you know, sometimes and I, I fell into this trap for many years as a parent, you know, being so adult and serious, you know, and just not appreciating some of the the little things and and taking time to celebrate those. So I think just approaching things with that that attitude and being grateful for all of the little victories and and looking for ways mm-hmm. to celebrate every little thing that you can will change. Um, so much about your own attitude and the atmosphere that you're carrying into the house. Yeah. And it's going to be a ripple effect in the household and uh, shift the atmosphere for those that you live with too. So that would be, Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. <laughs> um, 
And the second tip um, would just be about intentionality around family time. So with both my husband and I working, um, being doing um, ministry and business, both of us um, being involved in those. And so wearing many hats, uh, what we found was creating some kind of consistency around family time that would help generate excitement for everyone. And so what that turned into was our Saturday morning pancake breakfast. Mm-hmm. And every Saturday, the kids looked forward to that's when we would, you know, cook the the eggs and the pancakes and the some kind of breakfast meat and you know we we made it a big to do and we took the time to cook together and and then sit around the table together and take it slow that on our Saturday mornings and talk and when we have family devotions but we just share what is the highlight from your week and just go around the table and have that time and so you know it may not be something that everybody can do every single day but I think where you can create consistency, do it, do it and protect that time. And mm-hmm. that will just generate the, the anticipation and excitement around that togetherness. Um, and then the third tip would be to stop comparing yourself and your kids mm-hmm. to others. Um, this is a phrase that goes through my head often when I start falling into that trap of comparing my kids' behavior or reactions or responses and situations to other kids as I go, they don't have the same DNA. (laughs) You know, I think to myself, my kids have certain propensities and personality traits that are wired in their DNA that are not the same as others. And, you know, and our (laughs) lives are completely different than that person across the table there, you know, and so it's okay to, you know, recognize that there are differences and to not get caught in the trap of comparison, because that just robs you of so much joy and appreciation. Mm -hmm. And just kind so of true. You, um, just in this place of yeah negativity and and feeling not enough, and so um, instead of comparing, you know, focusing on you know your family and the the nuances and you know investing there. So yeah, those would be my three. Oh, three that's <laughs> wonderful! I love that. I would use those if that's okay. Oh, certainly. <laughs> a lot of in my coaching. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Fortunate, fortunate children that you have. Oh, thank you. you. <laughs> oh, Saturday our, yes. Uh, we, the Jack Pack. We we do. We have lots of love in, in the household. And <laughs> Mm, that's great you have to share about your the sign above your head Brooke I love that story oh yes (laughs) yes so it says thanks loving and uh, that sign was birthed out of my youngest son William who just turned six um, when he was about three and a half um, he referred to thanksgiving as thanks loving. So it was approaching Thanksgiving time when we were talking about Thanksgiving dinner, da, 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 all this stuff. Well, he started asking questions. So when are we having thanks loving? And, you know, it was so cute and adorable. We would laugh at the little, um, you know, his little mistake and pronunciation. But then we realized, you know what? Yeah, every day can be thanks loving because, you know, we're practicing gratitude and we're loving. So 
my sister uh, surprised us with that sign after hearing the story. And oh. so we have that now posted right here um, behind our, our dinner table, just to remind us that every day is a reason oh. to celebrate and, and be grateful. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's Thanks wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. They go together. They do. <laughs> exactly. So I'll share my my top three here. Uh, grace is the number one. And it, it goes back wow. to the concept of their brains developing. They're just in so good. beautiful, uh, kind of vulnerable, but also flourishing time in childhood and adolescence and just giving your children grace and also mamas <laughs> giving mm-hmm. yourself grace for the yes. way you failed and you lose your temper and you you know don't do things how you like to do how you know they should be done to give yourself grace and yeah and then so that important. flows into my second piece of advice that I've learned from some wise uh, mentors is to own up to your mistakes with Mm -hmm. your kids and to ask for their forgiveness. And that's Mm -hmm. also a way that I try to model our Christian faith is, is being humble and admitting Mm -hmm. when you screwed up (laughs) and and asking for their forgiveness, showing them how to make a, a true apology that acknowledges that you were wrong and you know, asking to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Those are my, uh, first two. And then um, I think part of our journey and I'll, I'll be sensitive to privacy with, for my kids, but we've had some concerns with mental health mm-hmm. and it has been an opportunity for us to, teach and model and encourage around the renewing of our minds and to replace negative thoughts or worldly value systems, helping them to replace that with the truth of who they are and their identity. Mm -hmm. And so pointing them Mm -hmm. to God is my Mm -hmm. third point. Oh, I love that. Wow. Yes. Y'all are great. I will, use, I will use your tips as well. <laughs> great. And Christy, yes. why don't you finish us off with your uh, three additional tips for us? Uh, one of the one of the things that that keeps coming to my mind because I'm taking care of my um, almost 89 and 90 year old parents is mm-hmm. that you're always watching your parents. I don't care what age you are, you're learning from them. You're learning how they um, deal with life. You're learning how, um, what matters to them. Um, And, and so don't, I, I want, I guess, take a sober understanding of the role that you have in your children's lives. Um, They will catch a lot of things. Um, you know, you know, more is caught than taught. You've probably heard that. Yes. And, um, and and so just to be aware of that. Mm. And I I think that's why, um, um, taking care of yourself is so important and, and pausing, um, 
and, and recognizing that, you know, in order to help them regulate themselves, you have to regulate yourself. So um, what can I do so that I can um, be more present in their lives? I guess that's my second tip is um, recognizing the importance of self-regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is um, recognizing that um, this is such a short time. I, I just can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, I cried. I wore sunglasses with at every high school graduation. Um, you know, it, it's so, it's so, um, it's so hard. It's so hard. But um, when you start to see that that you're part of the metamorphosis of this child becoming an adult, then you begin to make um, decisions and choices that will um, groom them for their flight instead of clipping their wings. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as they're growing, I, I'm more aware of middle school and high school, but as they're growing, I think it's very good to counsel yourself. How can I groom them um, to have more confidence so they can fly um, and to recognize that when you're afraid, you're going to want to control mm-hmm. and and to say that's really the issue, you know, is being afraid. Right. And um, and um, and then they have to deal with your controlling behavior. So um, that, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for all of that wisdom. Yes. So encouraging. Okay. You're welcome. In the process of learning that the letting. (laughs) Oh, so hard. Lie. And God was so gracious to give us an extra year after high school for her to live at home and get some of the basics out of the way at the community college, because it's, it's given me the, the time to process and, and really realize that, you know, she wasn't really mine, that I'm, I'm just giving her. And that's, that's a a very emotional experience, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we, we want to, we want to hold on, we want to, but when in there and what's best for them is just to let them go and then they come back and then they come back and there's and you have a, a completely different relationship because mm-hmm. of the independence that you've um, given them. You've heard that. I know you've heard that phrase. Um, the two lasting gifts we give our children roots and the other is wings. wings. Oh, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. And um Oh, I, I just really believe yes. that, you know, you're in the, you're in the um, nurturing time, you know, nurturing that environment, being aware of that environment, going deep with those roots of what is important to you. And then, then there's the time to, to let them go and let them live out the values that you've lived before them mm-hmm. and figure out life and know that you're a safe place to come back to. Yes. I mean, here my dad is, he's a, he's a retired family counselor. I'm going to get emotional, but, um, you know, he's taught me so much and, um, he's so thrilled that, um, that I'm, he feels like I'm kind of carrying on what he did. Oh, absolutely. That's, yeah. And add that to your resume, not only being a, a mom of three and, a English school teacher and now a certified parent coach, but you've, you've been seeing that be modeled your whole life with your dad. Yeah, I have. I have. Very grateful. 
Oh, that's so amazing. Thank you so much for uh, your time today and here to share your wisdom with our listeners. I'd love if you could, uh, if someone wants to work with you as a coach or invite you to do a workshop, how -hmm. can they get a hold of you? My website is herdhuddleparentsupport.com. And that's where you can get um, the information from me and my phone number and and everything. I'd be love to work with you. And that's H-U-R-D. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for reminding us too of what a sacred work that we're doing, raising and nurturing and guiding our children. Oh, it is. It is the best thing you'll ever do. (laughs) Bye everyone. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all are lovely. (laughs) Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Joy Prescription Podcast, where we explore the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. We invite you to take your learning deeper with us at thejoyprescription.com. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter and receive free weekly Joy Prescription devotionals. Bye for now.